Hey guys, this is Brian with Church in the Loop. Thank you so much for joining with me today. And I'm excited about where we're going to be in Romans chapter 15, looking at verse 13. So let's pray and let's uh, see what the Lord would have for us in His Word today. Father God, You're the God who seeks those who are lost, who seeks those who are hurting, the ones who feel despair and um, abandonment, and You let them know that You love them and You you use us to reach those, because those used to be us. And we are found so that we can be instruments in your hands to reach others who have no hope. And so I pray that today, as we look at what it means to live by hope in your word and in who you are, that we would feel empowered, equipped, and energized to go forth with this message of hope to a broken world that is full of hopeless people. So speak to us now through your word, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining me. I must admit, I'm a little under the weather today, but for the for the right reasons. So I know we're all trying to get the vaccine, or most folks are trying to get the vaccine that uh, for the COVID virus, and so I yesterday was able to get part two, and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that out of pure thankfulness um, that I was able to get it. Part of the reason is um, I manage a school bus company, and so we are listed as essential workers. And so I'm in the category of that, and so that allows me to uh, get the vaccine maybe before some others get it. Maybe you're listening to this saying, you know, you're still waiting, and I just want to encourage you. I think in a few weeks' time it's going to be readily available, and I hope that you can get it. And I was hesitant too. If you're hesitant, I, I understand that. But uh, I really believe the benefits outweigh the risks. And so I got the vaccine. And so yesterday I got the part two. Now, the way the vaccine works is part one basically kind of gives you, uh, your body, a, a wake up call to say, hey, you need to learn how to fight this thing. And here's kind of what it looks like. Part two is almost like a. A mock battle of here it is and your body has practiced fighting and it strengthens your body's resistance so oftentimes part two can be more difficult on your body because you're engaged in fighting what it thinks is COVID and so for some people their reactions obviously are different uh, for my wife Beth she had a, a real high fever for about 24 hours and um, really was just wanted to just lay down all day stay in bed um I think for me, I, I feel a little feverish, but not as bad as what she had. I just feel achy and sore and honestly like I have no energy. So I come to you today um, dragging a little bit, to be honest. <laughs> so uh, today's message may be shorter. Some of you might be clapping to that right now. Um, but the, the thing about the vaccines, getting back to that, is it really gives us a sense of hope. Um, I don't understand all the science behind it. I don't have to understand, but I understand what hope means. I understand that this gives us hope to get past this virus, to get back to a sense of normalcy, to um, get back to a sense of where we're all, you know, we can give each other high fives and hugs and, and um, just fellowship together without fear of contracting a virus like this. And so it really um, fortifies me with a sense of hope. So today what I want to look at is Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Paul is writing this beautiful letter um, to the church in Rome, 
and is composed of Christians from all walks of life, all ethnicities, all backgrounds. Rome, of course, was a huge city, even back in Bible times, filled with people from all over the world. Um, and so there were refugees there, there were immigrants, there were people that grew up there, there were people that um, barely spoke the language because they had just moved there from somewhere far away. And so it was this multiplicity of, of cultures coming together. And the message of Jesus really found root with that. It, it found a purpose there because everyone needs hope. And it doesn't matter where what language you speak, what ethnicity you are, how much money you have or don't have. We all need hope. At some point in time, this world has its own ugly ways of reminding us that it's still broken. It, we're not in the Garden of Eden anymore. And at some point, your heart will be broken in some way. So hope is something that we as people need. Every human being needs a sense of hope. So just as this vaccine gives us hope uh, for the future, and I know it's not bulletproof, I know I still have to be careful, but it gives me a real sense of hope. I hope this passage of Scripture, this verse, gives you a sense of hope. One of my favorite movie series uh, is the Lord of the Rings movie series. And there's various ones, you've probably seen them. Um, and they're each kind of long, um, and it's, it's a story of trying to throw this ring of unspeakable power back into this volcano so that no evil person can get the ring and try to conquer the world with it. And so, but what's funny about Lord of the Rings is you're watching it and you get towards the end of the movie and you think, okay, it's wrapping up. Here we go. It's almost time to put on your coat and be done and, and leave the movie theater. And then it shifts gears and goes on for another five or ten minutes. And then you think, oh, this is the ending. And then you're like, nope, hold still. And then another five minutes later, you think this is the ending. Nope, not yet. And so it kind of does that over and over. Paul does that in Romans. Um, you come to verse chapter 15, verse 13, and it really is a nice place to say, you know what? Here's the ending of the letter. But if you look at the letter, he goes on. I, and I think he, I, I, my theory is he actually meant to end it here. And then he's like, oh, one more thing. Oh, one more thing. He just kind of kept rolling on, which is cool. I like that because um, God works through all of us in different ways. And I'm glad he wrote what he wrote because the Lord knew we needed that extra stuff. Um, so Romans 15, 13, let's look at it together. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So notice the frame there. You have this, the God of hope wants to so infill you and, and, and dwell you by the Holy Spirit that you abound in hope. So you have this hope in God that is truly life-changing. It's something you haven't had before. It's something that, I mean, we all know what hope feels like, and we all know to an extent what, it, what it's like, but this is a supernatural hope. This is a hope that goes beyond the grave kind of hope. This is a hope that is bigger than just, I hope I win the lottery, or I hope I get a raise at work, or I hope today goes like a good day. This is a lot different than that. Um, I remember I used to have this old car, and it was a great car. It was I bought it from a friend for 300 bucks, and we had it for several years. 
um, and I really liked it. But when it rained, something would happen to this car, and it didn't want to start. It would cough and cough and cough, but it was really hard to start if it had rained. And so if it had rained in the forecast, and, and I went out there to go try to go to work the next day, I was hoping it would start, and I would turn it over. And sometimes it would, and sometimes it just coughed and coughed and coughed, and I'd have to say, hey, Beth, um, I need help getting to work today. <laughs> so... Um, this kind of hope we're talking about is a lot stronger than that kind of hope. This is a hope that I want you to see. I, I just kind of want to break it down. It allows us to do four things in our life that normally we cannot do. Because it's a supernatural hope, it gives us these four abilities, if you will, or it unlocks these four characteristics for us. So let's let's have fun looking at it. And I'm using the word hope, H-O-P-E. Uh, just as a way for you to take notes and remember this, jot it down maybe. Um, and I hope <laughs> that this benefits you. I hope that this activates your hope in the Lord in a way that perhaps can go to another level. Okay, So maybe one of these four points is going to be uh, fresh for you. And you're going to be like, oh wow, didn't think about it that way. But that's cool. I needed to hear that. So that's my hope and prayer. Alright, so notice... The first thing here is um, there's a frame in the text. The God of hope wants you to abound in hope. So if there's a frame in the text, you're in the middle of that frame. So God is saying, look, I want you as my followers to be a people filled with supernatural hope. And this hope is going to unlock these four new abilities in your life. Number one, using the, the letters H-O-P-E. You can handle whatever comes your way. You can handle whatever comes your way. When you have hope in God, then you know that God is in control. You know that He is calling the shots and pulling the strings. And that ultimately, no matter what happens, God is on His throne. Uh, Romans 8.28 We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. So what that means is, because of the supernatural hope you have in Jesus, it unlocks your ability to handle whatever comes your way. I remember in high school, I had a Bible verse printed on the back of my... I played tennis in high school. I, I wasn't that great or anything. I, I played junior varsity, so I never even made the varsity team. I never lettered. But it was fun. I love tennis. Um, tennis is just one of my favorite sports growing up. And the problem with tennis is you kind of have to have somebody to play with. And so, and years, and it takes a little time. And so, years, I haven't played in a while, probably in years, to be honest. Um, but I love tennis. I still love watching it on TV when I get the chance. With tennis, I with when I was on the tennis team, I had a Bible verse printed on the back of my my uniform for being on the team. And it was Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, for me, that didn't mean that I would go out there and win every match. Um, for me, what it meant was I'm going out there filled with hope that this is going to be a good match, that I'm going to play to the best of my ability. We'll see what happens, but I'm going to have fun doing it. And so that was the spirit in which I put that on my, on my uniform. And coach let me do that, which was really cool. So 
I want to encourage you guys that when you follow Jesus, when you give your heart to Christ and say, yes, Lord, I find my purpose in you. I believe you died on a cross for my sins and you have given me forgiveness before Almighty God for every wrong act in my life, past, present, and future. When that is your uh, bedrock, when that is something you stand upon, that confession of faith, you have hope, and that hope allows you to handle whatever comes your way. Because then you know that God is in control. I mean, wouldn't it be great to live that way every day? You can. You can, my friend. Then, the letter O when you have hope in God, the supernatural hope, it doesn't mean you're perfect, but it does give you the ability to obey God even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it doesn't make sense. There will be times in your life where you're going to be trying to follow the Lord, and you have an idea of what that should look like and how that should go, and it's going to go a different way. It's going to throw you for a loop. And you're going to be like, but I thought this. And God's like, just trust me. You have to trust me. When you have a supernatural hope in God, it gives you the ability to obey God in a childlike trust of faith to follow even in the dark. Even when it doesn't make sense. In John chapter 20, there's a story where Jesus appears to his disciples after his resurrection. And there was doubting Thomas. And Thomas, had strugg he struggled with, look, unless I can really see Jesus and put my fingers in his side where he was you know, stuck with the spear and I can feel the, the nail scars in his hands, you know, guys, I love you guys, but I'm just not going to believe that he rose from the dead. Well, all the disciples get together, and guess who appears? Jesus. And Jesus doesn't scold him, but he shows him. He allows him to feel his side. He allows him to feel his, the wounds in his hands. And Thomas says, you know, my Lord and my God. In other words, he confesses, I believe. And Jesus says, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. So in other words, when we have this hope from God, it allows us to believe in God, to obey God, to follow God, to be dedicated to God, even when it doesn't make sense. And I want that to really sink into you because if you follow God long enough, I promise you, <laughs> there will come a time when God will challenge you to say, hey, follow me over here. And you're going to say, huh? You mean over here, right, Lord? And he's going to say, no. I meant over here. This is what I said, over here. No, no, surely, Lord, you mean over here. And he's going to say, look, child, I love you. Over here. <laughs> and you're going to be faced with a choice. Do you follow God even when it doesn't make sense? To me, that's the, one of the greatest ways we can bring glory to God. One of the greatest ways we can worship God is to say, you know, it's easy to praise God when you feel like your life is winning and going the way you want it to go. It's another thing to praise God when things are tough. And you feel like you have followed him and it still doesn't make sense. And even your friends would say, why are you trusting in God? Kind of like Job's, when everything happened to Job in the Bible and his wife was like, why don't you just curse God and die? <laughs> just 
just hang it up. That's pretty good encouragement, right? And he's like, no. Shall I not praise God in the good times and in the bad? And so this is an opportunity. When you're filled with hope, not only can you handle whatever comes your way because you know the Lord is with you and he's in charge, it gives you the strength and the peace of mind, the fortitude to obey God even when it doesn't make sense. Now I kind of hinted at the next one. When you have hope in God, peace becomes possible, and not just possible, peace becomes a lifestyle. Think about it this way. If you're hoping in God every day, and you know that no matter what comes your way today, with Jesus by your side, you're going to handle it, and you know that you don't have to understand, but you can just obey in a childlike trust and follow, and it's okay, you're going to have peace. How can you not have peace spill over from that? Those two ingredients equal peace. Knowing, having confidence for whatever comes, you and God can handle it. And then knowing that you can still obey God even when it doesn't make sense, that's going to give you peace for your day. I promise you. How can it not? Um, I'm in a school bus business and so every day I, I manage a school bus company and every day, Monday through Friday, and we, we run it almost, not quite, but I rounded up about a hundred buses. I mean, it's a hundred routes. It's it's a pretty busy time. There's a lot that can go wrong every day. Trust me. I often joke to my coworkers or say, you know, I cannot believe this this managing a bus company is not a TV show because there are so many things that can go wrong every day. The bus can break down. The driver can be late. The driver can get sick. Uh, the kids can miss their stops. Um, kids act up on the bus. Um, the teachers get upset at where the bus parked at the school. On and on it goes. Um, you name it. And so it's always a challenge every day to take a deep breath when I'm driving in. Okay, Lord, no matter what happens today, I know that I can have peace in you because I'm going to handle it with you and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to obey you through this day. This is where you've called me to be. So I'm walking in obedience to that calling and I have peace. I have peace in the storm. And so I want to encourage you guys. Um, you know, Jesus said he wants to give us peace. In John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. and Do not let them be afraid. We can have peace in God. I love Psalm 85, 8. It says, For he will speak peace to his people. God will speak peace to you. But he doesn't speak it in a vacuum. Um, he can, but he I, I guarantee you, when you wake up with the mindset that with Jesus, I can handle what comes today, and you just confess that out loud if you have to, and you confess a desire to follow God, to obey God, to whatever it is you're called to do that day, I, I, how can his peace not accompany you? That's where I believe it can become a lifestyle. It really can become a lifestyle for us. So I want to encourage you in that to make peace a lifestyle by embracing hope in God. And then finally, the letter E. When you hope in God and you've got Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, the meaning to your life, endurance is always possible. You're going to go through times where you're going to want to quit. 
and you're going to want to walk away. And But yet, God has not released you yet. Sometimes he releases us, and you know. you know, It's not like you stay in a certain situation forever. But there's times you just need to hang in there, and you think, I can't go another day. And that's where the Holy Spirit will give you endurance, the ability to keep going, the ability to power through. Um, I remember as a marathon runner, I've, I've, I've run several marathons. A marathon is 26.2 miles. It's a long way to run a race. <laughs> and, you, and I would spend six months training. I, d- I used to do two marathons a year. And I would do one in the spring and one in the fall. And I literally spent six months training for each one. And then on race day, with God's help, I was ready. And I had hope that I was ready because I'd put the training in. When you live in hope in God, and hope becomes an active choice in your life in God, endurance becomes possible. Many times when I was running those marathons, towards the end you hit what's called the wall. And your body is just like, we're done. Maybe it's at mile 18. Maybe it's at mile 23. But you still got to go with the 26.2. I remember one race in Arkansas I ran. And this was the first time I ran under three hours for the whole race. And so it was, at the time, it was my fastest marathon. But I remember I got so tired about mile 18. I was ready to be done. I still had eight miles to go. And it was out in the country, and so you didn't have a lot of crowd support. You know, you had the occasional farmer cheering you on, but it was a pretty lonely run. And I was just trying, and I was chasing these two really fast runners, and I, boy, they just took off. I couldn't keep up with them. But I was in third place, and I was losing ground. And I knew that the people behind me were gaining on me, and I didn't want to lose any more ground. I knew I wouldn't catch the two winners, but I was hoping to hold third place. And so towards the end, the last few miles of the race, Beth and the boys and my sister, they were there to cheer me on. They literally were following me in the minivan next to me as I ran, cheering me on those final few miles. You can do it. You're almost there. Keep going. Don't quit. And I'm telling you, it made all the difference in the world. It gave me the endurance I needed to keep going. And when I crossed that finish line, I think I ran a 258 that day, two hours and 58 minutes. It was one of the best feelings in my life. I, cr- I crossed it completely exhausted, but I got third place in that marathon. And it was such a good feeling to know. It was the first time I broke three hours, but I couldn't have done it without that support. Well, God gives us support, and he gives us the scriptures, he gives us other Christians, he gives us the stories of the scriptures, he gives us his presence, his Holy Spirit, and he's saying, come on, you can do this, keep running. That's what Hebrews 12, when it says we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, that's kind of what it means. God is cheering you on every day. You got this. I'm with you. You can have hope. It's going to be okay. And it gives us endurance. Revelation chapter 2, verse 3, to the church in Ephesus, it says, Jesus says, I also know that you are enduring patiently and bearing up for the sake of my name. They were enduring patiently. They weren't perfect. He goes on to give them some 
some correction. But they weren't out of the ball game either. God knows you're not perfect. That's not the point. The point is, he doesn't want you to quit running the race. I remember one preacher said, if you just stay in the race, you'll win. Just stay in it. It doesn't matter how slow you're going, how sloppy you're going. Just don't quit. Stay in it. So my encouragement to you, my friend, is stay in the race. Don't quit. Paul knew what that kind of feeling meant. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he talks about some of the hardships they experienced as leaders, as apostles. And he says, as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way. In other words, he's saying in every circumstance, we're trying to show we're true. Through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger. And he's basically saying, look, we keep moving forward. We stay in the race. My friend, you can stay in the race. You can have that endurance when you embrace hope in the Lord. Now, I want to wrap up with a thought that I think is really cool about this passage. Now, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that you may abound in hope. That means like spill over. Spill over why? For others. Others need it. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, why didn't he say by the power of Jesus? He could have easily said by the power of Christ you're going to have this hope because isn't our faith in Christ? But now he, he introduces here the Holy Spirit. And I think one of the reasons why is because it's the Lord's way of saying, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit wants to fill every part of you. Because the Holy Spirit is a spirit. He can go where he, he can go in all the nooks and crannies of your life and fill you. It's kind of like, I hate to use this analogy, I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but have you ever been in the office when somebody burns popcorn? Oh, it's the worst smell. I mean, it's like, and you and it lasts for hours, like that burnt popcorn. Somebody left it in the microwave, they, maybe they got distracted, and all of a sudden you have this burnt popcorn smell. It is the worst. If, if you ever have people over at your house, and you don't know how to get rid of them, just throw a bag of popcorn in the microwave and let it burn. <laughs> I promise you, it'll clear your house pretty quick. Um, so that's your tip for the day. But seriously, though, it's like that smell lingers. It goes in every part of the house. The, one of the reasons, I think, in this verse, he put the Holy Spirit is because if he'd put Jesus, people would think, oh, he's just being metaphorical. You know, Jesus is with us. That sounds nice. But when he says the Holy Spirit, that takes it to almost a deeper level. The Holy Spirit fills you like a vaccine in your veins, inside of you, inside your soul. I think if they if I think if it mentioned Jesus here, people would kind of take it metaphorically. Oh, he's next to me. That sounds nice. He's my role model. Cool. But no, when it says the Holy Spirit, it's like it it's an indwelling. It's like when they vaccinated me for this. I gave me this vaccine, they, they injected it into me. It's no longer in the needle, it's in me. And that's the way the Holy Spirit is. He's in me, and He's in you. And He's filling you from the inside out. That's pretty cool. Because that's how much God loves you. 
And that's how much he wants to be with you. So I hope that this, no pun intended, but I hope this message on hope brings you hope. I hope that your understanding of hope and your desire to live in hope is deeper, encouraged, empowered, and ultimately, you're so excited about it that it spills over out of your life in a way that other people can say, how do you maintain in the midst of the storm such a calm? And you can say, you know, I have hope. I have hope that God is truly in control. And that hope for me is very real. It's not just a wish. It's very real. Um, the word hope means a feeling of expectation, a desire for a certain thing to happen. But it also means the old meaning of hope means it's a feeling of trust. Ultimately, when we can trust in God, we're saying, my hope in Him is strong, just as strong as He is. Because my hope is based in Him, not about Him, or even in my understanding of Him. But it's based in who He is. So it's a hope that truly fills me, changes me from the inside out, and gives me a supernatural life. That can be your hope through Jesus, my friend. Let's start now with that. Lord, I pray for every listener right now, especially the one who needs this kind of hope, who needs this kind of experience with you. I pray, dear God, that your hope would fill them, find them, and fill them. And I, hope, I pray, Lord, that your hope would change them from the inside out so that all of a sudden their life radiates the glory of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit in a way that brings attention to you, Almighty God. We love you, we trust you, and we have hope in you. Amen.